So now we're starting to kind of crawl out of our little holes that we've been in for the last year and try to experience life again. And it's hard. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. For those of you who are new here, my name is Sarah Merrill Hall. I run the comedy Instagram, Twitter, and blog, Big Kid Problems. Welcome to the show. I know a lot of you probably found this podcast through my Instagram, Big Kid Problems. And if you did, you know I like to make a lot of jokes on there about something I know very well, which is anxiety. Not to brag, but anxiety and I go way back. But especially after the last year and a half, I know so many of us have gotten real close with anxiety. I mean, it was almost impossible not to. Like, I know we're almost through 2021, but if you're still processing 2020 and feeling some PTSD, like, just know that that is so normal. It is so normal, in fact, that I'm bringing on a doctor this week to talk about it. Dr. Cecily Havert is a primary care physician who's board certified in family medicine with an impressive background in women's health and mental health support. Through her practice in Northern Virginia, she has noticed a huge uptick in people suffering with anxiety and overwhelm as we all try to get back to our normal lives. Like a fucking pandemic didn't just steamroll over all of us for over a year. We're going to talk about why you still may be feeling the effects of 2020, what you can do about it, and some medically approved ways to help cope. If you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you know I've brought in a lot of different types of experts to help us with our anxiety. I mean, at the top of my head, we've had on therapists, spiritual healers, hypnotherapists, meditation teachers. And this time, I think it's cool to kind of get like a medical doctor's perspective on things. She is incredibly accomplished, knowledgeable, and calming. And I think you guys are really going to like this one. So without further ado... Let's get started with Dr. Haver. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You know what gives me anxiety? Feeling like a shell of a human after a big night of drinking. Seriously, I don't want to think about how many days of my life I've spent as a completely useless person, all because I had one too many drinks the night before. Well, now you can help your body bounce back with morning recovery from more labs. Morning recovery is this little beverage you drink while you drink, or at least before you go to bed after drinking, and it helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol induced toxins so you can rehydrate, detox, and wake up feeling like you're 21 again. Right now, Morning Recovery has a limited edition flavor just in time for the holiday season. Introducing the new Bold and Juicy Blood Orange. 
It's matured, refined, and ready for sharing. This limited edition bottle serves up to five and pairs with any spirit. This flavor will only be available for the holiday season, and it's seriously delicious. Like perfect for mixing into cocktails or just even sipping on its own. And don't worry, the Morning Recovery Blood Orange uses the same patent-pending plant-derived superhero formula as the original Morning Recovery, so you'll be bringing something bloody good to the party and saving everyone's tomorrow. You guys know I love Morning Recovery. I've been using them for years, and I've used them for things like big weekends, birthdays, holidays, weddings, really anytime I know I'm going to be celebrating hard and they really are a lifesaver. So don't let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery at morelabs.com slash big kid and use code big kid for 20% off your first order. Pre-order that blood orange too while supplies last. That's morelabs.com slash big kid and use code big kid for 20% off today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am sitting now with Dr. Cecily Havert. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to have you here for this topic because I can't think of anything more relevant right now. Um, Obviously, we're in 2021. Last year was a bit of a shit show. And I think a lot of people can relate to this topic this week. We're talking about this post-pandemic anxiety that I think a lot of us are feeling right now. As a doctor out there, is this something that you're seeing a lot with your patients? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, it, it seems like this, this whole process was very traumatic on so many levels. You know, last year we were processing, you know, fearing for our life with COVID, trying to understand it. And you were, you know, we were forced into this isolation state. And now, you know, with the vaccines, it's really given us a little bit more control over um, feeling safe. You know, so now we're starting to kind of crawl out of our little holes that we've been in for the last year and try to experience life again. And it's hard. I mean, we're a little out of practice and, um, and then just, just feeling, still feeling a little bit out of control, even though, you know, most of us, well, maybe not, maybe not most, but a lot of us have been vaccinated, but there's still that underlying anxiety, that fear that, uh, you know, that, that something just doesn't, doesn't feel right. And it's, it's maybe being out of practice. And also I think the trauma that we've had over the past year. It's just the, we're, our body remembers when we mm. have these traumatic experiences. And so, you know, little minor triggers can generate, a, you know, a lot of anxiety and a lot of feelings. Yeah, for sure. I feel like last year, last year for me, I feel like I was just always bracing for impact every single yeah. day. Like every single day was a new nightmare. You know, you woke up and you turned on the news and you weren't sure like what was going to go on. So it kind of felt like that roller coaster ride. And even though I know, I feel like, I mean, right now we're recording things and it's one way by the time this episode comes out, things might've even changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, next week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. But mm-hmm. like, I kind of, you almost, I for at least me, like I 
still kind of feel like I'm on that roller coaster, even though it might be on the downturn. Like, is that like a thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's that feeling of hypervigilance, right? And I think a lot of it is just from being in that state of being so um, afraid and unsure, and you know, a little bit traumatized. Again, I keep bringing up trauma, you know, because I mean, mm-hmm. I really do feel that that the pandemic has, you know, people have experienced a lot of trauma because of it on so many different levels. But it's normal when you're in that state to feel hypervigilant, like you're afraid who's coming around the corner, right? And when you're constantly living in that state of feeling hypervigilant, it's hard to relax, right? Because it's, and and it takes some practice. It takes, um, you know, different um, methods and coping mechanisms in order to kind of get us back to feeling safe again. It's hard. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're all also going into situations that maybe we haven't been in for a while. Like I I recently went to a concert mm. and I'm like, whoa, there's so I many know. people around me. Like yeah. this is, it, it. for a moment, I, I mean, of course I was like, oh, I love this. I'm glad that we're getting back to normal. But like there was that underlying like, ugh, like we, we were told for so long not to, you know, exactly. do this and then you're doing it. Right? Yeah. right. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. It's like, oh, and here I am. You know, I, I know I've had patients that have gone to um, Las Vegas recently and tell me that that is, that's been, you know, an int- very intense experience because, you know, you're around a lot of people, crowds, um, you know, in, even indoors with people, it's just, you know, they're singing, there's dancing, there's all these things that we were told not to do. And suddenly it's like, you almost have to change your mindset a little bit. It's like, okay, well, is it okay to do? I, you know, I've just told for so long that it wasn't okay. And now I have to convince myself that it is. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who's maybe experiencing this a little bit and or at any level, I mean, I'm sure there are people run the spectrum between like really having a hard time versus maybe Mm -hmm. just feeling a little bit anxious. Like what are some things that we can do to combat this anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we might have hit upon um, a little bit of this, but it's just, you know, finding what you can control knowing what you can control in this situation, you know, knowing that, um, you know, first of all, you can choose to be vaccinated, that that is, you know, an extremely, um, you know, that that's a state where you can feel like you have a lot more control over um, the impact that that COVID can have on you. So, you know, mm. you know, choosing, you know, even choosing to do that, but also just choosing this, the situations that you feel comfortable with really checking in and being okay with saying, you know what, I'm not ready for this yet. Like I'm not ready to go to that concert. I'm not ready to travel yet. I'm not ready to be, I'm not ready to go to Disney world yet, you know, and that's, that's okay because you're in control of, of, of that situation. And so just realizing that we do actually have more control over this than sometimes we're made to believe. And um, I, I think also just being kind to yourself and just, you know, allowing yourself that time and that, that, that forgiveness to, to experience those mo- emotions and validate them and say, you know what, this is the way I'm feeling right now. I'm going to honor that and, you know, just, you know, and then and change what I need to do to feel in control and to feel safe in this moment. Mm. So I think just sort of that kindness, you know, just being, you know, good to ourselves is very, very helpful just for the, maybe the, the healing part of it. And, and then, you know, different things that you can do with just, um, you know, trying to find that calm now that we've, you know, we've recognized, I I recognize these feelings, name them. I, I I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling scared. Sort of naming that, validate that. Like, okay, well, what can I do about that? And then we, then we move on to coping mechanisms. You know, there's, there's yeah. lots of different things that we can, that you can do there. 
Yeah. Before we get into coping me- mechanisms, because yeah. I think I think that's um, a really good point is like focusing on the things you can control. Yes. And at least in my experience, and I know I, I, I'm you're a doctor on this show, so I feel like we can have this conversation. Um, and I think it's an important one to have. But like I, I was a little bit on the fence about getting the vaccine. Like mm-hmm. it just you know, I'm, I'm I'm in an age where I'm like, oh, I'm you know, I might be trying to get pregnant in the next year. Yeah. Like I was just a little bit uncertain about the whole thing. I mean, it came out so fast. And I will say, like in terms of my anxiety, like after getting the vaccine, I did feel like a little bit more in control. Like I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about like the crowd at Whole Foods. I don't have to worry about, you know, like being at being at this concert. I felt a little bit more like, you know, that I was protected. Mm-hmm. Um, just since you are a medical doctor and it's rare that we get you guys on this show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Use me for what, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anybody out there who is kind of on the fence, who may be like very nervous about this, like from your perspective, like what, what do you say to patients who are very reluctant to, to getting the vaccine? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people um, are hesitant, and, and vaccine hesitancy, in some ways, is is normal and you know and and natural. I mean, you know, we should really be aware of you know what we are choosing to ingest or you know what vaccines we're, we're starting to take, but or that, that we're choosing to take. So, first of all, what I'll say about um, the vaccine is that it is very safe. Okay, so you know what I hear a lot from people is that the hesitancy is coming from like, oh, it just it was developed so quickly. Um, you know, they just they rolled it out. You know, it's it was it was just it just came on too quickly. I don't know if it's safe. And so you know, but what we have to understand that actually the technology has been studied for over twenty years. Okay, and it's been used in various different forms for um, gene therapies and cancer therapies. So the technology, but this is the mRNA vaccine that I'm talking about, um, the Pfizer and the Moderna. They've actually this technology has been around for a long time, and the studies that they've done, they said, well, you know, the studies were, you know, the studies weren't done long enough. But if you think about it, I mean, we were in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, look, your study. Your, 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 um, the size of the, um, of the, the population that you're actually testing was enormous. You're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it was, it, you could do these studies very, very quickly and get data very, very quickly. The same amount, we got the same amount of data, you know, from studying the COVID vaccine that we've done with all the other vaccines that we've, um, that we've um, studied and approved. So, you know, so I think that that, it, you know, just sort of understanding that, you know, actually this is a very well-studied um, Vaccine, um, the the Johnson and Johnson, which is the um, the the vector vaccine. I mean, we use vector vaccines um, in other um, areas also. So it, it, again, this is a vaccine that we've used in the past already. So so that's interesting. That that's like a good thing to know. It's not like they came up with this vaccine out of nowhere from scratch a year ago. Like it is based off of research and development for years and years and years is basically kind of what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very well-researched um, and safe safe vaccine. So there, there is that that aspect. I think that that is holding a lot of people back. They're like, well, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm going to get it, but I'm just going to wait a little bit. I'm just going to wait for the, you know, for the safety studies to come out or for more people to get it. But, but you know, you know the, the issue is, is that, you know, it's it, the, the safety has been, um, validated as much as it can. I mean, are you going to wait three years? Are you going to wait 10 years to get the vaccine? You know, so wait for for that safety. So we just, um, you know, at this point, I, I I feel comfortable in in recommending that that pretty much everybody who can get the vaccine get it. And there's very few people who can't. I mean, people who've had maybe allergic reactions, severe allergic reactions to other vaccines uh, might, you know, want to at least be in a setting where they can be 
tended to if um, if yeah. they did reaction. But otherwise, um, and obviously kids. I mean, we're still we're still waiting for the data to come out on that. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I had to ask the questions. I think a lot of a lot of us, you know, like we hear diff- differing opinions, and I think it's been like really, really politicized. And I'm like, okay, Absolutely. we have a doctor on. Like, let's just get down to the facts. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned also about just like your concerns about being a young woman thinking about pregnancy and everything. I mean, that I also hear that a lot too. And actually, um, yeah, I just wrote an article on that that was that was recently published on the safety of the vaccines during pregnancy and how it's it's considered very very. Safe. Safe, but obviously, it's it's an important choice to make, and that you should be making that choice with your healthcare provider in understanding, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where you, where you are with that. But um, but you know, the mRNA vaccines, they you know, what I've heard is like, oh, I'm afraid it's going to you know combine with my DNA, and you know, it's the, these things just they really don't happen. I mean, these vaccines they they are basically disintegrated out of your body. Um, very, very quickly. So they don't stick around. What sticks around is the uh, is your own immune system creating antibodies against this. And so, but the vaccine itself is gone. It does not stick around. That was, I actually read your article and that oh, was something did. that I, yeah, I, I, that was something that I, I actually found a lot of comfort in knowing yeah. is that it, it just, it, it's not something that stays in your body. It it does, it, you, you said it disintegrates within a week. Mm-hmm. And it's your antibodies response that is stays around. Exactly. Did I say that right? <laughs> you did. You did. It's the antibody response that stays around. Basically, what you're doing is you're saying, you're, you're asking your immune system. It's like, hey, I'm going to prime you up to, in case you ever see this again, you're going to be ready to go. And it gives a little, a little copy, a little image of what it needs to fight. And then your body pretty much takes, takes like a photocopy of it and then disintegrates the vaccine. And then it, your body at, le- at, at that moment starts to take off and creates a, you know, an immune response, which is probably why, you know, you have some people say, oh, I felt really bad after I got the vaccine. You know, I got a fever. I felt really tired. What that was, it, it was actually your body making you feel that way because it was a mounting an immune response. And I tell people, wow, your immune system is really fantastic for you to get a fever, for you to feel achy. You've got a really robust immune system. That's fantastic. Okay, that's interesting to know. And I, I will I'll put that your that article in our show notes. So oh, for sure. anybody who wants to read it and get a little bit more in-depth information, yeah, yeah. we'll include it. Mmm, do you smell that? It's ramen noodles. My favorite. The warm, spicy broth, the hand-pulled noodles. Yum. But the best part. It showed up at my door because I ordered it with Postmates. With Postmates, I get all of my favorite foods from the local restaurants in my neighborhood delivered, no leaving the house, and even better, no getting in the car or finding a parking spot. And Postmates isn't just all burritos and sushi. I can order things like toothpaste and phone chargers on demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also now on Postmates. My favorite part, when the app lets me know that my food or items have been delivered. I mean, honestly, that's my ideal text these days. Like there's nothing better. Everything is right outside my door and I don't even have to put pants on. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods or that one thing you forgot to get from the store and get it delivered on demand. For a limited time, Postmates is giving just our listeners a little something. So new customers will get 50% off your first five orders 
orders of $50 or more when you use code BKP. That's code BKP to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. This offer is valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. So get going and enjoy. Um, I do want to go back, get back to just the whole post-pandemic anxiety thing. Because I know you were just touching on some coping mechanisms that we can use. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear more of those. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, something that, you know, that that we hear all the time (laughs) for for treating anxiety and, you know, other, you know, and and just even stress in general is the, uh, is mindfulness. You know, and you know, it's sort of it's one of these things where sometimes you hear, oh, meditate mindfulness meditation again, here we go. But I mean, the reason it keeps coming up is because it works. And it is really, really helpful. I think that so much, um, if you think about it, when we were um, you know, it, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were so worried about the future, right? So we weren't necessarily living in the present, we were living in the future. We were worried about, well, what's gonna happen, you know, and you know, it's legitimately, you know, like health wise, what's going to happen to my job? You know, I mean, all the, you know, there were a lot of concerns that were out there, but a lot of, you know, we were spending a lot of time in the future. And, um, and so when you spend a lot of time there, you, you know, you develop all this anxiety, but, you know, you also waste a lot of energy worrying about something that may or may not happen. So actually bringing yourself back to the moment can be really, really helpful. And it gives you that sense of, you know, we keep coming back to what can you control? It gives you that sense of being in control of the moment. I can control um, my breath. I can control, you know, get, get my emotions back into check. I mean, just the more you do that, the more you actually feel grounded. And the more you're actually able to approach those stressful situations in a way that's just calmer and more productive rather than immediately going to that fight or flight state. Mm. Do you have a favorite breathing technique? That you would suggest a breathe a favorite breathing technique, at least in terms of, in terms of meditation. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I just you know, you, just for anybody who maybe doesn't have like a meditation practice or yeah, they, you yeah. Know. I'll, give, I'll give a few little examples about some things that that you can do to kind of get yourself in the moment because some because a lot of times you also have to find what works for you. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't do this breathing thing. This is, this feels weird. But if you were to do the breathing, I mean, definitely. You know, just what I usually tell people to do when they're, you know, is to find a quiet space um, and, you know, the space where there's not a whole lot of stimulation going around and sit down or you can lay down. I mean, just whatever is most comfortable. And then just taking, when you breathe, you breathe in through your nose and then you can think about either doing like um, breathing into your chest and letting your chest rise, or you can do what we call belly breath. Sometimes you do that in yoga where you, you see your belly coming up and just, and just, and just, pay attention to that breath as it comes in through the nose and then let it out through the mouth and pay attention mm. to, you know, the changes in your body. So that's something you really kind of getting in tune with that. But other things you can do, um, sometimes even tapping. So just, you know, just sort of like start tapping and like in concentrating, this is what I'm, you know, with the tapping your fingers together, it's this mm. audio, you may not be able to tell what I'm doing, but just be, and then paying attention bringing the attention away from what's going on around you and bringing your attention to that, to that sensation, to that tactile stimulus um, sensation there. So that's something you can do. The other, um, what I like to actually do is um, 
is, is full body kind of um, a muscle relaxation. So starting and, you know, if you've done yoga or anything like that, I mean, this, a lot of times your, your instructor will guide you through this, but just closing your eyes and just imagining your muscles completely relaxing and going systematically, you know, from the top of your head, you know, watching, you know, feeling your forehead relax, letting go of the, the tension in your jaw, um, you know, letting your shoulders come down and just feeling those muscles starting to relax. But anything you can do to sort of bring your mind back to your body and focusing in on that. Mm. I've done like a sleep, like a sleep meditation before. And they say that they do like a whole, like you basically start at the bottom of your feet and you do like, you clench your toes together and then you release them. And then you like clench your feet Mm -hmm. together and then you release them and you kind of move with your body, you know, using this like clenching technique and then releasing. And And it takes a while. And and in that time, you're not like freaking out about COVID or the world falling Exactly. You're not thinking about it, right? Because you're focusing on that. And like what I, what people, what what you like to do is to focus on that release and how Mm -hmm. that feels, right? You know? And so, so that's, that can be helpful in terms of just getting yourself into the moment. I mean, we spend so much time living in the future and a lot of time living in the past you know, regretting decisions that we've made, worrying about what, you know, what we said or anything. But, and so that can create so much anxiety, but if we can just live in the moment a little bit more, we can control, um, you know, some of that, the the level of that anxiety. Oh, I do that all the time. I'll be like living my life. And then I remember something embarrassing. I said like 10 years ago and I'm like, (laughs) ah. And and then it's just like suddenly, you know, and you can feel your body going into fight or flight, can't you? I mean, it's just like, you know, all of the, you know, when our brain goes a certain place and then we kind of listen, see what happens to the rest of our body, you know, like the clenching and the muscle tightness and the palpitations and maybe some sweating. It's really, it's, it's not any fun. Yeah. I like this idea. I like the idea of the, the breathing techniques too, just because I know, you know, so many of us are, a lot of this anxiety I think is going to hit and it's like, maybe you're in a social situation for the first yeah. time. Maybe you're going back to the office for the first time and maybe you can't like lay down and do a full like, you know, <laughs> clenching exercise. Life. Yeah. <laughs> but you can at least like do some of this. Yeah. yeah I mean, you can do cool. these, what we call micro meditations, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be like, give yourself 30 minutes. I mean, it can be, give yourself a minute. Just ground mm-hmm. yourself. And it's amazing just if you do that, you know, a few times a day or when you need it, you can really start to feel like you're in, you're in more control of things. Mm. Okay. So th- this is really helpful, especially like if you're having these moments of like a flare-up anxiety, let's say. Yeah. Now, if we want to like get ourselves to just like be more calm overall... You know, I think you've you've talked about like, you know, implementing self-care and and things like that. Yeah. Like what are some what are some tips for that? So getting enough sleep. <laughs> Number one, you know, just sort of looking at your sleep schedule. I mean, when we um, you know, when we don't get enough sleep, I mean, just think about how you feel when when you've gotten just a few hours of sleep and you feel terrible the next day. It, it's really hard to get through, it's hard to make decisions, little things, you feel irritable. So getting enough sleep. Um, is definitely something that that's that's important. Protect that time. So, um, so getting getting, getting enough sleep is easier said than done, though. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> no. Because there's, even because so the, then you can protect that time. But like, what if you can't fall asleep, right? And then there's the insomnia. Yeah. 
Um, so that's something that that's tricky. And again, you know, there's different techniques that you can use for um, insomnia. Um, you know, mindfulness meditation can be helpful. Um, and also a good bedtime routine leading up to bed, you know, you know, taking, you know, taking away the screens, making sure that, you know, that there's not bright lights. So it, sometimes you have to work your way up if you do have trouble falling asleep. So, but that's, it's, it can be tricky. And then if you, you've got, if you've got kids, I mean, I've got kids and sometimes they, they wake you up in the middle of the night and you don't really have control over that. But, but if there's any way that you can protect some sleep, even just a, you know, a few days a week, just so you can get a nice regenerative, restorative sleep that, that, that's really helpful. So that's what you can do when you're unconscious, when you're conscious, Mm -hmm. when you're awake. Um, I, I, you know, definitely, um, you know, focusing on moving, an activity, um, getting up, moving around, whether that's exercise. Some people have exercise regimens that they do. Some people just, you know, they, you know, even if you aren't somebody who exercises a lot, movement is so helpful. Getting outside and taking a walk, just anything you can do to move your body, those natural endorphins that, that are generated really help to, you know, the stress goes down. I tell my patients this all the time, you know, exercise, it helps your physical health. It's, it, you know, it's, it's good, obviously, for your heart and everything, but it's probably even more important for your mental health. And so mm. just making sure that you, you know, that you can, you know, have some activity um, worked into your day is important. Um, and then eating, you know, eating right, you know, making sure that, um, that, you know, you have a, you know, well-balanced meal, that you're not skipping meals, that you're, you know, that you're choosing, making healthy choices. I mean, it's just, your body is, I mean, we say this all the time, your body is a vessel. If you don't treat it right, it's, it's not, it, you're not going to feel good. And you're not, I mean, body and mind, you're not going to feel good. And then that, it just sort of, it's almost like a domino effect. And so you really do have to prioritize what you're doing, especially now when there's more, when there's more stress, when there's more anxiety, this is the time we have to take even better care of our bodies. Yeah. That, that's been like a huge thing for me is like the getting the food Right. Because I, I don't think a lot enough people really talk about that is just like the effect that food can have on your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're eating like high processed foods all the time and yeah. then like wondering why you feel like crap, like it all kind of, it all kind of works off of each other. So yeah. I, I know at least I, I found like eating healthier has, has helped a little bit with my anxiety for sure. Yeah. What about the booze? I think like booze is another, ah, another yeah. big thing. The, the, yes. Yes. The, the numbing, the, <laughs> the numbing things we use. Yeah. No. So things like um, other substances that like alcohol, I mean, definitely that a lot of people, you know, have used that as a coping mechanism. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to help with anxiety, you know, kind of a little escapism, a little numbing. Um, However, it's first of all, um, alcohol does not help your sleep. In fact, it, 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 it inhibits your sleep, even though you feel like you pass out. Oh, I just, but it's not good sleep. And it's just, it's, it's just not good for, you know, in general for, uh, you know, your overall health. And, um, you know, the extra calories, if, you know, if that's something that, you know, you're, you're working on, you know, maintaining, you know, your weight, I mean, it's, it's something that can contribute to that, but there's also just dependency that can start to develop also on it. And that can just lead to other problems. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So love that, you know, taking care of your body will, will affect your mind for sure. Absolutely. I did want to ask because I, I I feel like I've read things about this over the course of the last year. It's just like a lot of people going on anti-anxiety meds. Like I feel like that that has really probably increased a lot since 2020. Yes. For anybody who for anybody who maybe 
like what, what do you think what do you think is the time like what would you say like somebody would be a good candidate to maybe if like other things aren't working maybe to look at going on some form of medication yeah i mean it really is uh you know we're all experiencing stress we're all experiencing anxiety right i mean that that's something we can't really get away from it right we're living in this society but if that stress and if that anxiety is starting to severely impact your quality of life if it is uh, making it so that you you know can't get out of bed or you can't leave the house or you can't sleep and it's and if it, you know if it's really starting to impact your ability to even get through your day and have rela- and have relationships with other people you know if you don't feel like hanging out with people anymore more, or maybe you or you can't get your work done. That's when the anxiety or the mood disorder is getting to a point where we we're going to have to take you know other measures. And you know, you said that you know you mentioned that you know a lot of people there, there's been more anti anxiety antidepressant medications given. There's also been a lot of people seeking out um, mental health care, just finding therapists. I mean, right now trying to find a mental health provider. I mean, they've got wait lists. It's really you know it, it's difficult. So, but when you reach that point of feeling like I just, this is, I can't get through my day, then, you know, going and seeking help is what you need to do. And whether that's reaching out to your primary care doctor, um, just to start the discussion. A lot of times I'm a, I'm a family medicine doctor and I'm a kind of a, a starting point for a lot of people because, you know, they don't know any therapist or they can't get in, you know, reach out to your family doctor. I mean, we, we can, we can, we can help you out, you know, so there's definitely reach out to primary care. If you can, you know, look into talk therapy, but the medications um, can be helpful in, in many, many ways, because what, it, what they do is they kind of increase your window of tolerance of what you can cope with. And so when, when that stressor comes, and you know, and you've got that knee-jerk reaction to go into fight or flight. What the medications do is it gives you a little bit of space and time to start to use other coping, the other coping mechanisms that we talked about, right? The the meditation, the deep breathing, those, you know, the, the muscle relaxation. Use those before it turns into this fight or flight reaction. And the medications can just really, really help in giving you that time and the space to use mm. those coping mechanisms. And so that's 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 kind of their role. Yeah. Okay. And that's I think that's good to know too, like for anybody who doesn't know how to even start to get on yeah. this medication is you can go to your your general practitioner. I think I remember in my early in my early 20s, like I had to get on, I was having like debilitating panic attacks. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have a doctor. I had like just moved to New York. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. have a, a doctor. What am I going to do? Call my pediatrician? Like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and, like, be like, hey, how do I get Xanax? You know? So yeah. um, I didn't know at the time, like how, how to go about it. So I, I think hearing that from you is good for anybody who might be wondering, um, you can you can't, you don't have to go find a psychiatrist right away. Wait, right, you can start the conversation no, with um, no, go to a doc, regular doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of the 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 entry point and and most of us are, you know, very well um, versed in, in treating uh, you know ment- uh, mental health issues. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Dr. Havert, thank you so much for some of these tips. I think they're really, really helpful. If anybody, um, if anyone's curious, is there any like last tips or tricks you would uh, recommend for any of us who may be experiencing this post-pandemic anxiety? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that it all comes down with just being kind to yourself, just, you know, self-compassion, you know, just just really, really being patient with yourself, being um, patient with others. Um, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And, you know, you're in the also the thing to remember is that you're not alone. I mean, this is a very, we're all experiencing different levels of stress and anxiety. And, you know, and sadly, it just continues, you know, we felt that things were getting better. And now with, you know, new variants coming. And so, you know, it's, it's almost like we're, we're experiencing a little bit of PTSD. So, uh, you know, lean into um, one another, I think is, is something that that's important and just keep talking and don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Okay. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Thanks. Okay. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast. Maybe send it to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Your reviews and you passing along this podcast is what keeps us running. So thank you. If you want more from me, you can follow me on Big Kid Problems on Instagram and on my personal account, which has a new handle all of a sudden, uh, at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. New name, who's this? As always, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. I've linked all of our discount codes and everything else you could ever want from this episode in our show notes. So make sure to check that out. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting this show. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time right now. So I really do appreciate you spending it with me. All right. With that, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you next Tuesday.